We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. I could talk about this for hours. He was my legend. He was my quarterback one. Taysom Hill, forever in my heart. We have a kind of a reputation of being the young, the young diehard fans. How was that, Dr. Pepper Taysom? Amazing. Hey, good. Let's keep it under 25 minutes, all right? Welcome into episode 109 of the Underage Packers podcast. I am Joey, and I am, as always, joined by my great friend, Big B. Big B, how you feeling now? Only 10 days away until the Packers start off their season in Minnesota. Um, I don't think it hit me yet that uh, week one is that close away yet, but mm-hmm. I can tell you I am so ready for the season to start. Yes, I'm just so excited to get into the routine of things again. My weekly routine of podcasts that I listen to, all the content that I can consume, especially after the games. After the games, like those three hours after when you're kind of just like, like you've had too much soda, your body is kind of slow, you've been sitting on the couch for six hours, but the Packers won, so that alleviates everything. You're watching post-game press conferences, you're watching you know gut reactions you're reading stuff from people all over the internet and then the next day you listen to podcasts i i cannot wait we are almost there and underage packers will be here for you all season long me and big b will do our best to give you our thoughts our interesting thoughts on the Packers season where they will undoubtedly win the super bowl i'm declaring it right here right now they're gonna win the super bowl with the 53 men they have selected to be on their roster. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. The initial roster, the initial 53-man roster for the 2022 season of the Green Bay Packers. So we'll be talking about that today. We'll be talking about the decisions the Packers made on cutdown day. Really not too many surprises, but we'll be going through that, talking about our surprises. Um, and we'll also be kind of grading each position or depth-wise, and also just the starter they have there. So it should be an exciting one. Before we get to 53-man roster talk, I did want to mention a few things um, just that I want to give a shout-out to. First off, me and Big B just recently put out there a video of us eating a whole bunch of cheese curds. (laughs) This was an idea that came to us in probably about June when we were discussing content plans for when we make our hopefully now yearly trip up to Packers training camp where we hang out for a week in Green Bay. And, you know, a lot of ideas were tossed around. I'm thinking of a few now that I'm kind of mad we didn't pursue further, but that's all right. But the cheese curd video, we got that done. And it is so epic, man, for lack of better term, it was just epic. We went to four different restaurants on a quest to find the very best cheese curd in Green Bay. And I had to preface it at the start of the video, like, we're only there for four days. We don't got all the money in the world to be spending money on $10 cheese curds from every single restaurant in the city. So I'm sure there's some restaurants we miss. There's some that I know that I would have liked to go to, like we said, limited time limited space for the video um so hey like i said in the video as well if you got any other curd recommendations in the city leave them in the comments um but it was awesome we got wes hockwood to join us 
for that. And thank you so much, Wes. Like, that was such a, you know, looking back on it now, it's kind of like a holy cow moment just because I'm thinking back to what we uh, are, our idolization of guys like Wes, or maybe not idolization, but like they just seemed so out of reach, I guess, just on a whole different planet. The idea of us ever having frequent interactions with guys like him seems so impossible. So looking back at it, it's like, holy cow. I was on the steps of Lambeau Field eating cheese curds with Wes Hockwitz, and he was doing it voluntarily. We didn't have to hold him hostage. Like, that is – that's pretty absurd. Very interesting um, that that is one of our proudest moments so far doing this. But, okay, whatever. The absurdity of it all, man. I mean, it (laughs) took me – a long time to edit that video much longer than i anticipated i know you said that thing was supposed to be out like two weeks ago and it just came out like what two days ago yeah i mean i will say part of that was because some of the videos were messed up on my phone and i had somebody who was recording on my camera so i was transferring a lot of different footage but I'm, I'm glad it came out the way it did so if that i'm gonna play the intro to that video right now because that's what I love about it the most. I've rewatched that just that part like 10 times. I love it. So I'm going to play that part for you now. That sounds something you're interested in. Go ahead and check that out. So in August, the underage Packers crew made a trip up to Packers training camp. And no trip to Green Bay is complete without the fair share of cheese curds. So in a mission to find the best place to get cheese curds in Green Bay, Joey and Big B set out on a mission trying different cheese curds from all kinds of restaurants. Join the two on their emotional journey to find the best nugget of cheese in the city of Green Bay. All right, now that we got the curds out of the way, let me see. Do I have anything else in our miscellaneous section? Um, I did want to bring up that Morgan Burnett retired as a Packer. Um, I was glad to see him get his moment, man. Um, he's one of those guys that I remember watching in my childhood. Played from the Packers for the Packers from 2010 to 2017. I mean, I honestly could not name a single play he made. And I'm not saying this as like, I'm not saying that to say he's a bad player. You know, he was a very good player, but I, I just like, can't remember anything besides 14 championship game unfortunately um i like i just don't have a memory that sticks out but he was obviously a great player glad to see him get his moment and sign that one day contract back here in green bay yeah um morgan was one of my favorite players um when he was in green bay and a uh, very underrated safety he was mm-hmm. he was definitely a beast and um and like you said so happy to see him finally get his moment and retire as a Green Bay Packer because in his post-game press conference, or I'm not in his <laughs> re- <laughs> Quite a in his retirement press conference, he said that something didn't feel right and he really wanted to retire the Packers. So I'm glad mm. they got it done. Okay, because I was wondering. I know he left us in 17 and he played with the Browns and then the Steelers, but I'm like, man, there's no way he's just retiring out. 
either he was holding on to hope for way too many years that a team would sign him, or he's just like, this is a, a few years after the pack. So, uh, yeah. yeah, like I said, uh, great to see Morgan back, and uh, hopefully in, he enjoys retirement. He was pretty underrated. Now that I think about it, he's really not talked about too often. Yeah, and when you and then when you said um, you don't remember like a single play he's made, I'm like, wow. Like, I guess he is really underrated as a Packer. I, I probably need to watch some highlights because that would probably bring back some memories for yeah, sure. I, he probably had um, an interception on in that um, – what, what year was that? When Russell Wilson threw, like, five interceptions. I, <laughs> yeah, I, probably. probably had yeah. one during that game. So. Yeah, two of them. Yeah, there was only six. Look, you know, there was only six. Well, somebody might have had two. But when you have five interceptions and there's five defensive linemen, you know, like, there's somebody, you know, a safety has a pretty high chance of doing their hands on one of those. Yeah. Um. So that's that. Now let's get – this 53-man roster. Uh, first thing I wanted to bring up, there was a lot of fear um, before cutdown day that, oh my God, how are these players going to pass waivers? You know, the the Jack Heflins, the Caleb Jones, the Chris Sladens, the Tyler Goodsons. How are they ever going to get cross waivers and how are we going to get them back on the practice squad? And it turns out everybody besides Ty Summers cleared waivers. And it's- I think what people kind of lose or just don't realize, and I'm not saying that I'm some great thinker that, you know, realizes all the small details, but -hmm. I think what is lost is the fact that every single team has their Jack Heflins of the world, you know, their Juwan Winfrey's of the world. So, you know, those guys are obviously great football players, but to a certain point, there's many of them. Every team has those guys. And there's only 53 spots. They got to feel confident with those guys they selected. So um, don't get your, don't get um, so scared that those guys are going to get claimed off waivers. Uh, and I, that's a lesson for next year, I guess. Yes. And let me just mention, like, it's kind of wild that, that out of everybody we released, the only person to get claimed was Ty Summers. Like mm-hmm. he's probably like the worst one out of everyone we released. And he was the one to manage to get claimed. I mean, good for Ty, but like, yikes. yeah, <laughs> it is kind of funny. Yes. Um, all right. One more thing I wanted to bring up here. Um, Zach Tom, can we give him a shout out? Shout out Zach Tom, man. Dude played 36 offensive snaps, allowed zero pressure, and had a PFF grade of 80. 7.4. Round of applause for Zach Tom. Round of applause for Brian Gutekinds and co. It, it seems to be that they found another gym. I mean, I think we all knew when they got him in the fifth round that that was kind of a steal. And it's uh, sure seeming to be that way. So excited to see what Zach Tom can add to this team in the Salkins line. Um, Bunch of surprises for this roster. Like I said at the top, there really wasn't too many. Um, you know, the biggest thing that sticks out, I guess, is the fact that they only kept two running backs in Jones and Dylan, obviously. Um, I think an important thing to keep in mind is the fact that Kylan Hill is going to be on the roster, hopefully at some point this year. He's currently on the PUP, so he has to be out miss 
at least the first four weeks of the season. But then after that, he can come back uh, as long as, as he is healthy too, obviously. So in those four weeks, I think we'll see a, uh, you know, uh, elevation here and there from for Goodson or Taylor. Also, just the fact that this is the initial roster, um, that's that's another thing that's really lost. I know it's easy to get caught up in the fact that, you know, they have to cut down from 70 to 53, and that's their roster. But that roster is not locked in at all. There is so much turnover that, you know, the roster on August 31st is a very different one um, that, than the one that will be on January 1st, 2023. You know, we've already made uh, a signing and therefore a removal from the roster on day two, you know, the day after the cutdown. So a lot of stuff happens, um, and I I doubt they'll go into a game unprepared at running back. I, I did I did see a few people bring up the fact that Amari Rogers got some snaps in the preseason game against the Chiefs on some end rounds. I don't think he had anything directly in the backfield though. And I get what people did. One okay. snap in lined up as a running back. Okay, interesting. What was he did he go out for a pass or did he run it? I think he ran it. Okay. So I get what people are saying in the fact that he can sometimes be, a, you know, uh, a, a chance for Dylan and Jones to catch a breath. But Amari Rogers is very much not a solid backup option. If Jones or Dylan goes down, you cannot have Amari get more than 12 carries. You don't want that. So, uh, but like I said as well, stay calm. Packers figured out they will be prepared. Whatever they feel is right at the running back position. Only other surprise, I guess, to me was that Rasheed Walker made the roster, dealt with some injuries, didn't look too well in preseason when he got his chances. But, hey, Packers obviously think he's a project. He showed a lot of potential at Penn State. So, um, you, you know, and I think especially since he was a draft prospect that a lot of people had their eyes on, I think, thinking – there by the Packers is that there's a lot of teams that just recently watched his college scout or college film and they saw the potential. So they want to keep him on the roster now, make sure no team gets their hands on them to see if they can turn him in to a uh, great tackle in this league. You know, you know, I disagree with that. I think I, I thought Rashid Walker did a very good job in Kansas city. And I think he actually helped himself making the roster before that game. I didn't think he was okay. making the roster. After I looked back and uh, a couple people on Twitter mentioned how good he played, like mm. I thought he was going to make the roster I had on, on my 53-man roster prediction, and I ended up being right on that. So I disagree with you because okay. Walker actually had a good game. So, ha! There we are. Disagreements are a good thing for a podcast. You know, what? why are we even having a discussion if not? Yeah, um, I think that's the first time we've ever disagreed. Uh, I know. I'm trying to think back. But yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, but I mean, he did probably play well. I did not watch the Chiefs game because that was so incredibly boring. So I didn't rewatch it. Um, uh, so there's that. Um, Walker makes roster. Anything else that stuck out to you on this roster, or any surprises, Big V? Um, the fact that they kept uh, Joel 
Juan Winfrey over Samori Toure. I get why they did it. They would rather have um, the potential over Juwan Winfrey and Samori Toure. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's not going to be a Super Bowl make or break release. But we got him back on the practice squad. So at the end of the day, I guess it doesn't really matter that we cut him. So, but that was really the only surprise cut that um, really actually shocked me. Yeah. I don't know if my ears are wrong or if you said it in the wrong order, but Samari Torre made the roster, Winfrey made the practice squad. Uh, yes. If I might have messed that up. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Other than that, really no surprises. No Josh Sidden or Mike Daniels type cuts. Um, so that is a roster. Let's go through now and kind of just grade each position won't spend too much time on every single position because we don't have all day, man. We want to be done by week one. But uh, just give us some brief thoughts on the depth and the starters there and how we feel. Starting off with quarterback, there's really no question. Um, yeah, I, I guess there is a little bit of a talking point here, especially coming off the preseason with Jordan Love. You know, the thought is has been over the past year, you know, if Rodgers goes down, then it's screwed anyways. Who cares? But I think with how this team is built and what Jordan Love showed us in the preseason, I think I don't think Jordan could lead us to the playoffs. I certainly don't think Jordan could win a playoff game. But I do think if it is a situation like 2017, 2013, where Rodgers misses a, a stretch in the middle of the season, I I don't feel unconfident in Jordan Love. I don't feel too bad about Jordan Love being able to at least keep the team in the playoff hunt and then Aaron Rodgers can push them ahead to the playoffs for a playoff run. Um, I, I don't feel bad about that. Big Weed, do you agree? Uh, yeah, I actually do agree. <laughs> okay. I mean, you just look at this defense, I think, is going to be such a key part I mean, that's the most basic opinion you've heard on every single Packers podcast episode you've listened to this offseason. But the defense is obviously going to be a key part to the, the this Packers team. And also, it's not it's not like there's the passing game is going to be as crucial as it was with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon now. They can they can carry that team a little bit. And Jordan Love, all he has to do then is not mess it up, I feel. And I think he can do more than that. I think he showed that, thus that, though, the, us that in the preseason. Sorry, I was glitching. <laughs> I feel like there's a case to be made that the team the Packers have in 2022 is comparable to the situation uh, that the Eagles were in in 2017 on their Super Bowl run and what, why Nick Foles was able to lead the team from week 13 to a Super Bowl win. Like, that was absurd. And, you know, a few of the strong points on that Eagles team was the offensive line, for one, but they were dealing with injuries on there, too. But their defensive their defensive unit was great. They also had Rasul Douglas. So, like, they're pretty much the same. There we go. I mean, that's all I need to hear. They have Rasul Douglas. We have Rasul Douglas. Exactly. So, like, if I, I think – we might actually need Rodgers to go down now just so we can have the backup quarterback with Rasul Douglas luck. Yeah. 
it that but that's just a theory um so hey, i don't know how comparable those two situations are but that's just my line of thinking there i think it's uh a possible one um all right that's quarterback grade we'll give it an a plus running back we've kind of talked about about it enough just in this episode that's a, a. tight end this is kind of an interesting one you have tunyon lewis Deguara. You all feel pretty confident in that they can at least fill their role. You have Tyler Davis, who had a up and down preseason, but we know his uh, how the coaching staff feels about him at least. So we'll see where he gets involved. Um, I, I mean, I guess on the offense, you could say that tight end is kind of a weak point. But I look at those top three guys, and I'm like, those all three of those are. are three players that have very specific roles that they need to feel fill. And I feel very confident they can fill them. Hopefully there's no rust on Robert Tunyon. Hopefully he's good going back in his 2020 form where he's catching a touchdown almost every week. It would be good maybe to have another blocker in there. Um, just with the way Matt LaFleur's offense likes to work, but hey, you know, we'll see what additions they make through the season. Um, for the tight end position, just because I have still a few questions about Tunyon, about Davis, I'll give them a B minus as a grade. Big B, do you have a grade for them? Um, just because of Tyler Davis, I would like them to upgrade over Tyler Davis. I want to say a B, but I think I'm going to roll with a B minus as well. Okay, yeah, I, I'm still waiting to see on Tyler Davis. Yeah, and he used to be an under pack an underage Packers fan favorite, and he he really blew that one. I know he did. Going on to the big question mark at wide receiver, you have Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, Amari Rogers, and Samari Torre. Man, what a group! <laughs> and there were some wide receivers that were cap casualties or just didn't make the roster. Um, for some teams around the league, you know, Amir Smith Marset from the Vikings. Um, there was one from the Dolphins, I want to say Terrence Williams, um, that didn't make the team too. And I, I think they're fine with what they have now at wide receiver, but I would not mind seeing one of those two guys added. I think I think they'd be fun to watch um, in this offense. Just add another piece to it. Um, but I don't see that happening. Although this definitely isn't a strength, a strength of this Packers team, I am really interested to watch pretty much every single one of these players and how they perform this year. Randall Cobb, if he stays healthy and if Matt Lafleur and the Packers offensive staff actually gives him a solid, consistent role week in and week out, I think he can be really productive. Sammy Watkins, same thing. If he can stay healthy, um, I think there's already a role there for them, just for him, just by default. Alan Lazard, see if he can um, handle the pressure of being the wide receiver one, at least for the start of the season. Um, you know, has the trust with Aaron Rodgers more so than Watkins, Dobbs, and Watson, at least. With the two rookies, you're seeing how they develop early on in the season. And then Amari Rogers, I think, is going to be really exciting. I hope he has a breakout year or at least more 
than his rookie year. Big B, any, any thoughts you want to add on this wide receiver room, and what's your grade? Um, just that there's, I mean, there's a lot of question marks with this group. So many players with so much potential that I would like to see um, get involvement in the offense, like Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, and of course, Amari Rogers. But I'm going to give this group a, let's, let's go with the B. I'm going to give them a solid B for this group. Yeah, I think I I'd agree with you there. Offensive linemen, man, the fact that I have to, I'm referencing Big B's uh, 53-man roster graphic here. The fact that I have to go to line, halfway through line three to see somebody that I I don't think is a capable starter, that's awesome. Like, <laughs> There's only three guys on this list that I'd be holding my breath if they went out on the field. And, you know, I don't want to get to all backups, but as individually, I would be fine with these guys out there. Obviously, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, hopefully they're staying on the recovery path and will be out there sooner rather than later. Yash Nyman, Zach Tom, John Runyon, Royce Newman, Josh Myers, Sean Ryan, Rashid Walker, Jake Hansen. Great group. Great young guys that have been developing for a few years now. I give that group it. Uh, I'll, I'll give it an A. But that's with David and Elton out on the line. But just with those names, an A. Big B, what's your grade for them? Um, I'll give them an A-. minus. Okay. I think I think that's fair enough since you know like you don't know how Zach Tom will do against like a Nick Bosa's of the world and just we and we just don't know what the exact offensive line will be week one yeah I'm just gonna give an a minus okay that's that's a good one um back to the 53 man roster tech you had Caleb Jones get cut and not make the roster I'm I think he's gonna be a guy to watch over the next few preseasons can definitely it definitely seems like he can be a Yash Nyman type, stay and develop on the practice squad over a year or two, and then just come out and be a capable starter. He's not just a brick wall with no skill. He has some good technique, and I'm excited to watch him develop over these next few years. I love during the preseason games where I would watch watch him for like a couple plays. Mm-hmm. And like, there's at least one or two plays where he just absolutely tosses the defensive lineman yeah. five yards. It is freaking hilarious. I love when they are in their stance pre-snap, so they're like crunched down, and then you just see this dude that's like, like hovering over them. It's like it's it's hilarious to watch. Like the poor guy can't even get in a stance. Like he's just so tall. <laughs> yeah. On to uh, the dominating defensive side of the ball. Defensive line, some interesting decisions made here. Um, Chris Sladen and Jack Heflin, both who had great preseasons, did not make the team. Uh, you did have Kenny Clark, though. Uh, I don't know why I mentioned him like that was a doubt. Kenny Clark, Jaron Reed, Dean Lowry, Devontae Wyatt, TJ Sladen, and Jonathan Thord. I, I mean, uh, once again, Clark, Reed, Lowry, Sladen. And then Wyatt, uh, you know, developing throughout the year. Man, I feel good about those guys. 
Um, you know, I just with Kenny Clark in there, that's enough. I'll give it a B plus though. What's your grade, Big B? I'm as well gonna give it a B plus. I think okay. I think we finally got depth at the defensive line and we finally got Kenny Clark some help. So I'm just so excited to see this defensive line feast this year. Yeah, only reason it's not an A is just because of the, uh, you know, the doubts or the questions of Devontae Wyatt and TJ Slayton. How do they develop and how does Reed fit into this defense? Yes. At outside linebacker, one of the biggest camp battles this year, you had Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, J.J. Nagbari, uh, Tipanaliai, and Jonathan Garvin making a team. So no Kobe Jones, no – who else am I thinking of? Um, Ladarius Hamilton. Ladarius, yeah, that's a good one. He definitely had some special team ability too. He, he played some really well games in preseason as well. But Packers ultimately go with the two um, backups they had on the team last year and their fifth round draft pick in JJ. I'd love to see Preston Smith break his even year curse. Every even year it seems to be a down year for him, but then in the odd years he goes off. Mm-hmm. So. Hopefully he can break that curse. He said this offseason that he identified the problem and why he does have those up years and then down years. So hopefully he stays in that 2021 form that we saw. Um, maybe a hit, maybe another 13 sack year. And then obviously Rashawn Gary, I still think the best is yet to come from this young man. Cannot wait to see him uh, continue to dominate this year. I'll give uh, I'll give another solid B plus to that group. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a B, just a plain okay. old B for the outside linebacker spot. Okay, uh, then at inside linebacker, no questions asked. I think Quay Walker is going to look like a pro. He's going to look like a veteran who has seen the you know everything i think he's going to be a pro bowler pro bowler day one i cannot wait to see that man out there um defensive rookie you're good i yeah mvp level good oh oh my (laughs) um i cannot wait campbell with walker that parent is enough and then you have chris barnes as your inside linebacker three Hey, you know, Barnes as inside linebacker two was inconsistent last year, but you felt good about him out there and you feel great about him at inside linebacker three. Isaiah McDuffie at inside linebacker four, one for special teams and also just for, you know, you know, inside linebacker depth as well. Looked good this preseason, looked like a heavy hitter last preseason. So inside linebacker as a whole, you got to feel good about. I'm giving this group an A. I am going to give it an A as well. Okay. I was going to go A minus, but this group's pretty good. So I'm just going to give it an A. Yeah. I mean, I, I know it's a different tone from the extreme optimism I just had, but, <laughs> uh, you know, all depends on how Quay develops, how quickly he can uh, assimilate onto this defense. Yeah. I mean, With the three and like almost three starters at inside linebacker. Yeah. That's wild. And that's way more than we had like, yeah, for the Packers. This is the most we had since like probably the sixties at inside linebacker. Like we're stacked compared to the last 20 
truly. Yeah. Crazy. Um, at corners, yeah, the all pro and Jair Alexander looked like he looks like he's gonna be a full go after dealing with that shoulder injury last year. Yeah, the all pro Rasul Douglas. You have the great second year player Eric Stokes. Then they only have two corners behind that in Keyshawn Nixon and Shamar John Charles. The depth there isn't ideal, but hey, they found a Rasul Douglas once. Why not do it again, you know? And also Shamar Jean Charles did not look bad in the preseason. Yeah, he was he was locked down. Yeah. I mean, I was not still not over that awful pass interference call that he got against the Chiefs on the great pass breakup. <laughs> That was so bull. Like, how is that defensive pass interference? Like, that is textbook coverage. Yeah. I mean, the good thing is, though, like, for Shamar in the preseason, he's just trying to put stuff on tape, and ultimately that play still goes on tape, and they see that's all off call. Sure. Um, just for the depth, I'll, I'll, I'll say, well, no. Who cares about the depth? This is three great cornerbacks. I'm going to say A-. minus. I'm going to give it an A-plus because oh. we got Russell Douglas. That's the only reason. Oh, and that uh, Jair kid. He's pretty good, too. Yeah, of course. Yes. Um, And then safety, Amos, Darnell Savage, and then three special teamers here. Um, Abernathy, well, Abernathy's not on the roster anymore. It's Rudy Ford instead. Rudy, who did not go to Notre Dame. That's the first thing I, I looked up when I saw we signed him. I was like, did he go to Notre Dame? But he did not. So that's just funny. Um, but now Rudy Ford, Dolan Leavitt, and Tariq Carpenter. We know what we're getting out of the two safeties. Except Savage, I think, you know, still a few questions about him. I think he can um, – I, th- I think he can still take another step that we haven't seen yet if he can just hold on to a few more of those interceptions, those stats are going to look really good. And uh, obviously coming up with a few more big plays for us would be nice. Yes. And he's playing for a new contract this year. As yes. Well, up at the end of the year, I think. Well, he, he did get the fifth year option, but oh, that- yeah. Anyways, they, they will start negotiating uh, at the end of the season. Anyways. Yes. Um, I'll give this group once again, the depth, isn't great, but I'll, I'll, I'll give it an A minus. You know, I'd feel a lot more comfortable if we kept Sean Davis. He had yeah. a really um, camp. I like. I don't understand why we cut him. Like, I don't know how he severe had a, his injury. Yeah, I know, but I don't know how severe his knee injury was. But I mean, you could have kept him and then put him on IR and then bringed up another guy, but. Whatever, that's a discussion for another day. Yeah. And plus, I like uh, me and Sean Davis are bros now because of Instagram. But that's also another start for another day. And all my problems, um, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a B plus. Okay. I had uh, so much nonsense there that I did not have to say. But yeah. um, now a, f- a few guys on the special teams. They did not keep Ramiz. Um, wait, no. I'm, wait, what is it? Um, Ahmad. I know it's Ahmed. Um, Ramiz Ahmad. Okay, something like that. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ramiz. Um, they did not keep him. They kept him on the practice squad. But Mason Crosby, they feel confident that he'll be recovered from his knee injury and be ready for Week One. 
Uh, and then you have a puncher, Pat O'Donnell. He looked pretty good in the preseason and at camp. And then Jack Coco is who they're going with that long snapper. So hopefully, please, God, they just don't. Ah, I cannot take another bad special teams this season. <laughs> I'm not even going to grade the special teams. They don't deserve the worthiness of a grade after the performance in Kansas City. Oh, all right. Um, so, yeah, special teams. I got low expectations for you. I got I got low expectations. And I expect I expect those expectations to not be me. I know that makes no sense. Well, I, I guess I should say I have low standards and I have even lower expectations. Okay. Um, let's send it off here by reading off the practice squad quickly. Nothing, you know of note here really just guys that get familiar with so you can be uh you can look smart and know their names when they're called up for one of these games here you have quarterback danny etling for running backs you have tyler goodson and patrick taylor wide receivers you have packer legend who is back for his second run with a green and gold travis fulgham you have juan winfrey caleb jones at offensive tackle for the defensive line you have jack heflin chris Slayton. Outside linebacker, Kobe Jones, Ladarius Hamilton. Inside linebacker, Ray Wilborn. Corner, Rico Gafford and Keandre Thomas, who both looked pretty decent in the preseason. And then safety, they signed Micah Abernathy back to the practice squad. And then uh, Ramiz Ahmed, obviously, at kicker, like we just mentioned. So that is your Hackers practice squad and 53-man roster. The squad that will begin Super Bowl rings. Cannot wait till next week when we are previewing Packers versus Vikings, just like we did uh, three years ago in 2020, previewing week one, Packers versus Vikings in Minnesota. We'll be doing the same thing here next week. So make sure you're, you subscribe, follow us everywhere so you don't miss that. Big B, any final thoughts you want to add? Um, go Paco. Very well stated and a great place to end this off. We'll talk to you all later. Go Paco. You don't mind. We got a football game to play. For the team, Dr. Pepper, baby. Suiting up. Let's go. <laughs> I'm in trouble here. Hey, let me take this. Ooh, there we go. This was a tremendous idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's go, baby. Let's go.